My friend Dave Gomez has cancer. If you're active in the Chicago pop punk scene, you most likely know who I'm talking about. He's been in such bands as Superfry, Plastic Smiles, and Night Terrors, and a bunch of Chicago area bands are coming together to help Dave cover some of the costs of his cancer treatment by putting out a compilation called Gomez. And the compilation is available for pre-order right now at davegomezbenefitcomp.bandcamp.com. And the comp includes Tim Rogner of Alistair, Till Morning, Guardrail, Hi-Ho, and several others. And they're all covering songs by some of Dave's favorite bands. Dave was there for us when we needed him, whether it was going to our shows or being on our podcast. And now it's time for us to be there for him. So pre-order this incredible compilation today at davegomezbenefitcomp.bandcamp.com. Thank you. I'm going out, I gotta go I'll bang a ring on the radio So turn it up, I'm telling you I think I'm ready for something new Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamour. Yo, yo. Hope you had a great weekend. I uh, spent a lot of time working on podcast stuff over the weekend, so I I definitely can't complain. I had a fantastic weekend, and hopefully it was the same for you. Uh, Which reminds me, though, uh, this is the last week for you to enter for a chance to win a Pop Punk and Pizza hoodie. Everyone that signs up for our mailing list in January is automatically entered for a chance to win uh, a nice, warm, cozy pop punk and pizza hoodies so make sure you head over to poppunkpizzapod.com and sign up for our mailing list all right uh so today's episode is kind of a i guess a split episode you could say we have warren gregson who is one of the vocalists and guitarists of melodic punk band hang time on uh, the show today and then we have john martin of dental records Now, uh, Dental Records is the label Hangtime is signed to, and Warren is actually a part ownership of the label as well. So we talk about Hangtime's latest vinyl release and uh, how the creation of Dental Records came to be, because it is a fairly new record label, only, I think, uh, a year or two at most, something along those lines. Um, Also, John of dental records he's a he's also a promoter like a show promoter and it was interesting to hear his story on how he books shows and uh such in canada he uh told me what it was like booking his first show and and uh how he thought it was you know going to be a a smash success and it uh wasn't it didn't exactly pan out the way he thought it would um so it's just you know it's always interesting to hear those stories i feel like so let's go ahead and get into it john martin of dental records and warren gregson of hang time too many days too many nights i wait to sleep alone too many days i'm waiting for your So, uh, welcome, John, and uh, welcome, Warren. 
Um, both you. of you guys have been amazing supporters and, uh, you know, I, uh, of the podcast um, through being sponsors and so like first and foremost i just have to say thank you for you know buying a, a consistent or, or buying it like a, a chunk of episodes to sponsor the podcast because it it helps um you know helps me cover my costs for the podcast and um so that and that goes a long way so i, I really appreciate that so i just want to start off by saying thank you yeah no problem thanks for your support as well yeah, of course. And I was telling I was telling John uh, Warren before we um, got on that I, I was just talking to a listener last night and they were telling me they can't get too many days out of their head. Oh, like well, it's just <laughs> it's stuck in there and it's, it gets stuck in my head all the time, too. Like all I have to hear is that beginning of the song and <laughs> I'm hooked. Like I'm yeah. just I'm going to start humming that melody the rest of the day. Like it's it's bound to happen. Like I'm I'm it's in my head right now actually as we speak. All I have to do is say it. <laughs> that, that was the desperate attempt at using a Beatles formula and starting with the chorus. <laughs> I mean, you can't. It's one of my favorite songwriting formulas is starting with the chorus, and that is something that. I don't know. I guess many genres of music, but especially punk and pop punk and, and like just pop music. A lot of them start with the chorus. I mean, yeah, they can for sure. I mean, it's usually either that or some little melodic riff at the beginning. And, uh, and it usually comes back to it, right. Similar to just coming back to a chorus, but it'll work in a short song like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Four or five minutes, then probably not. <laughs> well, right, that's that's a different story. But uh, but we're, you know, this is punk rock, so most I mean most uh, I, most punk bands don't put out you know five minute songs. I mean, I guess it does happen. I'm yeah. trying to think of now. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Can you? Uh, Either of you think of a five minute? I don't think so. Punk song? Not really. Uh, no, I can't either. I mean. Nothing lately, anyways. Right. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm curious. <laughs> if I'm sure there is, I just can't think of one. Yeah. At least well, I mean, we had we had longer ones like about ten years ago. Our songs were like four and a half, and then that's when we kind of made a conscious decision to kind of go, you know, just to cut the fat a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you don't necessarily need guitar solos. You don't necessarily need another chorus at the end. You don't need those types of things. Just. Mm -hmm. You know, because then it gets a little monotonous and you kind of ruin what could have been a good thing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it just depends on what you're going for, too. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like the the simplicity of hang time, you know, because uh, that that was that's like my I guess it's because that's my personal songwriting style myself when I'm writing songs. It's just very simple, uh, yeah. straight to the point. Um, easy to play, get stuck in your head right away, kind of thing. Those so. are the number ones that will stand the test of time, usually. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, so I should, I, I'm, I'm getting uh, ahead of myself. I probably should have had you guys introduce yourself so uh, people know, like when John is talking, that oh, this is John, and then when <laughs> Warren is talking, oh, okay, that's what Warren sounds like. So go ahead and and just quickly introduce yourselves i'm warren from hang time uh i play guitar and, and sing 
And this is yep. John. And go ahead, John. I'm John from Dental Records. And uh, Hang Time is the uh, the only band currently on our small label that we've just started up recently. And um, I've worked with them and got to know them for quite a while. So that's sort of um, how Warren and, uh, Warren and I had, have come to start Dental Records. Okay, so <laughs> since you bring that up, let's go ahead and, and dive into, into that. How did... Are you just, are you and Warren old friends that just decided to get together and start this label? No, not, uh, well, we're old, but uh, not old <laughs> friends. I didn't mean like that. <laughs> oh, I know. But um, no, I, I started out, um, I met Hang Time because I, I actually book, I'm a promoter and a booker in my town that I live in, okay. in, um, in Ontario, Canada. And, uh, hang time was one of the bands that I, I started booking. Um, and so I got to know them a little bit, obviously through them playing at some of my shows that I would have at a, a regular venue that I book shows at. And, uh, I obviously liked what I heard and they're, uh, just down to earth, nice guys, uh, good musicians, good band. And so it gets to know them a little bit better. And, um, they asked me if I'd be interested sort of in working with them in terms of, you know, booking them actively booking them for shows. Cause I've got to know a lot of different people over the years, um, promoters, bands in different places around, uh, Canada and, and elsewhere as well, too, just for networking. I've booked bands from all over the world, really, the States and, and everywhere all over the world. And if I'd be interested sort of in booking them and perhaps even managing. And uh, I, was, I was interested in that. I'd never really done that before. Um, so it was just sort of a good opportunity to try something new with them. And we've just sort of uh, been working closely with that, with the goal of really trying to get their music out to um, as many people as possible, like different blogs and uh, sites and podcasts and and that sort of thing. Um, I've got, like I said, I've got to know a lot of people all over the world, actually, who have different sites and blogs and um, just really trying to promote them and get their music out there, get their videos out there. And so that's really what we've been doing, I guess, for um, a little, I guess around two years now, really, yeah, is nice. what we've been doing. Uh, how long we've been doing that for together. Okay, yes, Warren. Sorry, go ahead, Warren. No, no, I was just going to say, no, it's, it's been great. I mean, uh, since John's been on board, it's made things a lot easier for us. Um, he initially had a lot more, uh, more connections than we did. Um, like even as far as shows and, and, and it just, it took a lot off our plate. You know what I mean, we we're more focused on just trying to get recording and playing shows and rehearsing and getting things polished that way. Um, it's tough. It honestly is tough when you're expected to do everything. So if someone comes along like John and offers to help, then yeah, of course we're going to take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to, you know, pushing out a, a vinyl release, you know, there, there's a lot to go into that. Um, and I, I failed to mention that earlier when I was talking about your your uh, sponsorship for Pop Punk and Pizza. But um, dedicated listeners already know, uh, you know, that Hangtime has a brand new vinyl record out. Um, and it's actually two of your most recent EPs uh, put in, put onto one uh, 12-inch right. and uh, Invasion and Destroy, uh, both amazing EPs. 
if you're into quick, uh, fast tempo, melodic punk rock, done very well, uh, by the way, um, I might add. I'm, I'm sure I probably said that already, but I can't say it enough. Um, and uh, yeah, putting that all together, because you know, there's cost involved, logistics. It's like, okay, how do we market this thing? Yeah, that has been a bit of a challenge. Um, we, oddly enough, I mean, 2020 was pretty terrible for everybody, but it ended up being the busiest year we've ever had. Um, when COVID started, I guess, or when we got indication that it was going to start towards the end of March. Um, we were just finishing up the recording for destroy. And then we heard that the studio was going to shut down and, um, we lucked out. We literally got, we finished up the last day of, uh, bass tracks and the next day the studio shut down. Wow. So we managed to get the EP recorded. So that was a, that saved us a lot. So from that point on, we ended up, we put out 10 videos uh, last year. So 10 wow. videos and the EP recorded and released the EP all in 2020. Um, and we maybe played a couple shows, two or three shows at the beginning of the year before everything shut down. But, uh, and having done all that, we thought, you know what, let's just, let's just do this. Let's just keep busy. It seemed like everyone else was sort of standing still waiting for COVID to end. Um, so, I mean, what do you do? You kind of do the opposite and try and keep busy. We're putting out releasing singles and releasing a, a lyric video and then uh, basically a music video for the same song three weeks later. And we just kept doing that over and over and over for about four months until the actual release of the EP, which was September 25th. But um, yeah, so it, it kept us busy. And then immediately after that, we thought, you know what, now what? We can't tour to support this. We can't really do anything other than try and stay active social media and tell people about it and hopefully they hear it. Um, so what are we going to do? We've always wanted to put out vinyl. So let's figure out a way to put out vinyl, you know? Um, I mean, we're not playing shows where a lot of us are staying at home. So some expenses are lower if you're working from home. So <laughs> it's a little easier that way, but true. Yeah. Let's just, uh, let's suck it up and, and put the vinyl out. So and we started the label that, well, we might as well start our own label and put it on that. Um, so we did and we thought, well, let's just take the last two and, uh, see if they fit on vinyl and we check the times and sure enough, they both fit. <laughs> yeah. That's always the, the thing, right? It can only be right? a certain amount of time. You don't have the quality to deteriorate with, with too, uh, too long of a side on your vinyl. So yeah, so it worked and we thought, okay, let's just do it. So, I mean, trying to stay okay in, th in this climate let's record a full album and release that it's just such an undertaking to say we're going to do 12 or 15 songs and and release them uh, it's it's a single seems to be the single climate now right so uh i don't want to put out 15 songs that we worked hard at on 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 one release and, and a lot of those songs will get lost and forgotten, right? So you almost have mm -hmm. to showcase each one of them individually if you're proud of them and you think they're worthy. Um, and so that's what we're doing. I mean, we, we released every song off the Destroy EP as a single and then released this, the EP. So it was no surprise. Everybody heard all the songs when it came out, but, you know, here it is in one package if you want it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually, that, that's a growing trend as well. Um, if a band is going to release an EP or an album, they'll literally release 
every song as a single and and some mm-hmm. shape or form, whether it's you know four weeks apart or six weeks apart or eight weeks apart, whatever it is, and then at the end, it's like here it is on vinyl or whatever yeah. you know whatever they decide to to do with it. So that seems to be the maybe the possibly new way to do a full length record. Yeah, it is. I don't. I don't know how new it is. It's a, a lot of other genres have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, but as far as punk goes, I mean, you're, it's more and more singles and EPs. Mm-hmm. Um, an EP you can most bands can throw together four to six songs, quality songs, their best songs, pretty quick, and get them recorded without too much aggravation. But when you say, like I say, twelve to fifteen, it takes a lot of work. I mean. If your songs are, if you're, you know, you, you're really worried about your production sound and, and everything getting everything perfect, then it's going to take time. A lot of pre-production, a lot of preparation. Um, you're not just running into the studio for a weekend and, and tearing it off and expecting it to be amazing, you know? So it takes time, that many songs. So that's why I figure the EPs, probably EPs from now on, as far as I know, um, and the singles and and just hope for that sort of formula if that works best working for other people as well. So, right. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe if you're a band that has their own studio, <laughs> you can work it that way, then you can be recording every day on your own, but that's we, just, we don't really have access. So yeah. A lot of people are, are doing that. Yeah. They're recording their stuff separately and then it just all comes together. They might record each you know, the, the, the drummer's recording at his house and then the vocalist is recording at his house and, you know, vice versa. And yeah. then they'll just hire an engineer to put it all together and mix it. That may be the way of the future, for sure. We don't know what's going to happen this year. We don't know about shows. We don't know about, you know, uh, future releases, really. So, yeah, we may have to consider that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely become more and more of an option in the last year for for artists and probably continuing into this year as well mm-hmm. um and speaking of of shows i mean john you've kind of have your you obviously have your foot in that door with shows what's the the latest that i mean as far as what's going on with shows in in your area in ontario well, that's it right now. There's um, nothing right now. Um, and there hasn't really been since last year, since when this all started. Um, there was times when some of the venues like clubs or whatever would have opened for a little bit of time, but there was not even any live music during that time and limited capacity. But actually just recently, um, I believe it was just a few two days ago maybe uh ontario has gone into a lockdown where uh, those sorts of establishments aren't even open anymore so (laughs) the venues aren't even open right now at all only um places that would serve food could be open for takeout and that's really about it so really yeah right now it's just there is absolutely nothing yeah yeah, I wasn't sure like what what Ontario's state of COVID-19 you guys were at cuz I know like I just read the other day uh Quebec was in a lockdown, but I wasn't sure about you know 
about yeah, your part sim- of the region? It's similar to Quebec. They actually have a curfew where after a certain time at night, you can't go out. We have we don't have that, but we have a stay-at-home order where pretty much pretty much everything is closed. Um, and it's strongly suggested that you stay home. So it's it's essentially the same. But um, uh, in terms of cases, our cases are worse now than they were a year ago. So yes. it's... Or, or nine months ago, I should say. But yeah, we're in a certainly a position where we were worse off than we were eight, nine months ago when it started. So it's disappointing and frustrating. So, I mean, being, I, I know, I'm assuming a promoter, is that, was that your full-time gig or? Oh, no, no, no. I have a regular office type job and that was just something more of a hobby, actually. It was just something, yeah, it was just something more of a hobby because I've been a longtime fan of punk music and just independent music in general. And um, I never, strangely enough, I never really got into being a musician, not with the guys from Hangtime for whatever reason. I did for a little bit, but not really anything noteworthy. It's strange. I was I was always more interested in all the other aspects of it, like the promotion aspect of it. And it, when I started booking shows, I really enjoyed it for, for a variety of reasons. And I still do. Um, but truthfully, with relation to dental records and wanting to maybe start a label, that's always something I thought might be fun but I never really thought it would be serious, but it was always all those uh, 90s labels that really inspired me and were the were the, the labels that really got me into music, like Fat Records and Epitaph and Lookout Records. Those were the big ones where I saw them start from nothing. And again, it was just, you know, no effects label or bad religions label so it's a similarity not that this or hang time would ever be in that same category but it's just similar when you're a band why not do it for yourself yeah Yeah. have your own involvement take control of your own affairs rather than relying on somebody else to do that um you know and if things happen to go well in time you're in you have more control so it's always good to be in that position but it was always those early labels that got me and so many other people into uh punk and just seeing how the all these new bands and really were really where a lot of the the classic bands of today came from were those labels so the thought of just maybe perhaps being able to contribute to to that in some small way it's a uh, it's nice hopefully something comes of it oh i'm i'm sure i'm sure something will will come of it for you um that sounds like you guys have a have a great start a strong start i mean obviously you chose a great band to start working with um was so was john was the the label idea yours and you're just kind of like hey warren would you be interested in this like being a part of this no, I think it's, I, it was actually Warren's idea. I think it's something I always had in my head, but I never really communicated to anybody. And I think, well, he's actually the one that uh, uh, had that idea in his head. And as soon as he said that, I sort of jumped right on it and said, geez, I'd really like to be, I'd really like to work with you on something like that. Um, yeah, Warren, I think you're the one that actually, you really did have the idea. And I'm not even really sure how long you had that yeah, for. I just had the cool name. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the game plan behind it, so together what, we'll take on the world. <laughs> was there a dentist in your family? Is that where Dental Records comes from? 
No, no, it's just a cool name. I thought I, could, uh, I was going to design a cooler logo for it, but <laughs> and luckily there's no dental records in Canada, so the. There is, isn't there a dental record somewhere though, or is it even a record label? I've seen a couple different social media sites. One in the UK, I think that it hasn't been active for about seven or eight years. So, oh yeah. Well, you don't have to really worry about them. I think Uh, worst case, any cease and desist will become (laughs) or something. Yeah. Yeah, You'll have to change like dental something records or just a different name completely real dental records what's that the real dental records the real <laughs> there you go the uh the second dental records the dental care records dental punk records you know yeah sure what <laughs> it would be cool to have uh i'm sure you could do like um like a, you could end up doing like a shirt someday with like a, a punk looking dude on it and him smiling and like missing a tooth or something like that, you know, <laughs> cracking a smile, got a missing tooth. I don't That's know. true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I was just trying to put the dental part in there. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's a whole nother i'm i'm going off on tangents i apologize um so w- warren when when it came time to to talk to john about this and you started um doing, like just like doing research what were some things that you learned about that you didn't realize about a record label or um something you got completely wrong or uh well, honestly, we're just kind of working out distribution in other countries. We're finding that's a challenge. Just shipping is expensive. Um, I mean, we can handle shipping within Canada. Um, we have Satan records in the, in the States that are taking care of, you know, the U S for us. Um, cause it's really cheap to ship down there for him. And, uh, as far as Europe, I mean, we're still responsible for shipping to Europe, but it's, it's expensive. It's almost the same price as the vinyl itself. So wow. Double the cost. Yeah, um, that's that's so a lot. I understand them not placing that many orders when it's upwards of, you know, fifty dollars for a vinyl. That's you know, um it's a bit of a risk that way. So it'd be nice to get some European distribution and uh which we're working on anyway. So mm-hmm. that's helps to us as well. So we're it's the contacts for that type of thing. Um you know and trying to get commitments from other other yeah so how does i mean you obviously don't have to tell me like the all the details of the deal but like when it does come to okay like you got say 10 records involved with this which i did place my order through say 10 by the way i know you saw my facebook comment but you know since i'm in the u.s i was like okay well i'll order from say 10 and um like how does that work when you're a label yourselves, but you're trying to work with other labels to also sell the record. Well, it's kind of a, a cross promotion thing too. Right. And, um, so we, he placed an order with us of how many, how many units he wanted. And, uh, we agreed on a price. It was fair. And, um, we just shipped them to him, but actually the manufacturer shipped directly to him. And, uh, um, we had some inserts and stickers and little goodies that we wanted to have him put in it. 
uh, which I mailed to him three weeks ago. And of course, the U.S. mail still hasn't gotten to him yet. So you probably didn't get those in yours. I I mean, I haven't even gotten my vinyl yet. So, I mean... <laughs> so maybe maybe when it shows up it will be in there i don't know i think it'll be funny because usually the the mail comes like later in the afternoon i think it'd be kind of funny if after we're done with this interview i go check my mail and there's my record <laughs> for the inside of a week before christmas and he still is in gotham i thought oh, okay state, but it is what it is but yeah so that's kind of how that works and he's taking care of it and um He'll sell them on his end for whatever he wants to, and we'll sell for what we're selling them for. And, you know, that's, we would do the same for another label, you know, maybe from Europe that wanted to do a record and sell it to people here. Okay. And how it works for that. Um, yeah. I mean, those are the one, the main thing right now we're having to struggle with is just the, the European distribution and, uh, and just dealing with high um, shipping costs. Yeah. Are there, labels that are you having a hard time just um striking a conversation with a label in in europe um john's been kind of networking a little more than i have on that okay um there are people that could potentially be interested i would think Mm -hmm. they just have to figure out how much how many they want and you know again agree on a on a price and, and I don't know how much the shipping would be to send to Europe. It's really pricey. I, right. And yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And um, it's not, it's not that the conversations are that hard. Um, I've found anyways, the timing with, with COVID it's, it's not the opportune time. And that's for a few reasons. Um, I mean, a lot of labels have already planned their, you know, 2021 releases, they would have planned them last year. So they already have releases scheduled already. Um, and perhaps they aren't having as uh, as good of a year sales-wise as they would have expected last year because of COVID, um, either through their bands not being able to tour and sell their vinyl at shows, which is a big thing. So... Yeah, or, or just the fact that a lot of people, um, you know, have been hard hit financially by COVID, so possibly not spending as much as they typically would on um, on non-essential items like merch. Um, that's another thing. So a lot have said, uh, yeah, we really like the, the really like the EPs, um, and we'd be very interested, but. You know, we're financially, we're just a bit of in a bit of a crunch and uh, we've already committed to certain things that we have to fulfill. So it's it, it's hard to go out and get into something else. Yeah, if I, things were different. It probably would be different. But um, but at least the album did just come out very recently. So we still do have a lot of time. We're happy with that. Um, I met Adam from Satan Records very randomly, and I, I was very surprised he was uh, as interested as quickly as he was. So that was good. Uh, being a Canadian band that Hangtime is, uh, that's never been to the States to play, um, obviously you want to get some traction in the biggest market in the world. You want to. Um, so hopefully this is a step, at least a starting step in the right direction by someone who um, has been putting out good releases and seems to have a good fan base of his own in terms of people who support his label and in the punk community. So, so yeah, I think it's a good first step and a nice, a nice partnership. We can support each other. 
How did you meet Adam from Satan Records? I just met him in um, some Facebook group about something um, about punk labels or something like that. And it was just like, post your label or labels you like or something. And I just posted, you know, we're a new label, blah, blah, blah. And he just commented and said something like, oh, that's good. You know, good name. Good for you. You know, congratulations. And I think either he messaged me privately or I messaged him and I just said, oh, you know, thanks for the thanks for that, whatever. And I just introduced hang time to him basically. And then within a few days, we sort of figured out that there'd be some mutual interest there. So (laughs) that's awesome. That's really great. Especially since, you know, say 10 has been around for a little while. Yeah, that's right. And I've, I've noted them before. So I was, uh, I was very enthusiastic about that. So, and, uh, yeah, he's got, uh, some great bands he's put out. And yeah. great merch so it's pretty pretty good yeah that's that's awesome man it just goes to show you never know what's going to happen on social media you never know what's yeah. going to form from it you know yeah no that's it yeah that's great um so i i guess i'll ask you the same question john that i asked warren a little while ago what, what have you learned about you know a record label or starting a record record label since dental records has just started up here. I know you're still kind of in the beginning stages, but you know, what, what kind of research have you done or what kind of research have you found? Yeah, we, um, I don't know that we're doing a lot of hard research, truthfully. Um, we're, we're figuring this out as we go along. We're at the stage. It's not, it's not as if it's, uh, you know, such a quote unquote business that, it's a life or death matter. This still really is a hobby for, for both of us, for myself, for the band, we both have day jobs. So whatever does or does not happen with this label, it's not really going to have any impact on us personally. So it's, it's really is more for fun, but um, yeah, just learning that, just learning, trying to figure out uh, what, uh, what to do anything and everything to get out there in front of people, because you know, it's great that you have a label and you have a band that has a record, but there's just so many others that already do that in the grand scheme of it, nobody really cares all that much. So you just have to sort of stay focused and keep your expectations real and try not to get defeated, um, you know, by the fact that most days, not a lot of people are going to be overly excited. Um, that's why it's really the job to try to introduce them to to the band and to the label. Um, when we started, uh, we released a compilation very quick, very soon after starting the label. And it was a compilation of not of bands that are on the label, um, actually not really of many bands that that neither of us knew personally. There was a couple other than Hang Time. Um, but it was just sort of wanting to put out a compilation just because, again, that's something that I'm used to, that we're used to from the 90s with all of our favorite labels, putting out compilations of bands and as a way to really introduce people to bands. Um, and I'd noticed that... Uh, and I'm sure it's the same everywhere, but I'd noticed in Ontario that a lot of small labels put out ba- uh, compilations just with Ontario bands. And, and that's great. That's, that's fine and good. And there's lots of good bands in Ontario, just like there's lots of good bands in New York and just like there's lots of good bands in Chicago or 
France or anywhere else. Um, but we didn't really want to do a compilation just with bands of where we were from only because we just felt it wouldn't have the potential wouldn't be quite as good to reach a good cross section of people. So really in terms of Canadian bands, we have uh, another Toronto band and a Montreal band. But other than that, we found bands from the States, uh, from Israel, from Sweden, uh, from all over the place, really the Ukraine. And it was just a matter of trying to find bands um, that I knew of that I liked and that I hadn't seen on everybody else's compilations. And again, not hoping for any, not having any um, great expectations, but hoping, well, at least if this band from the Ukraine that I like, at least if I, they probably have some fans, I'm sure. Well, if some of those fans could be exposed to hang time or wasting time from Toronto, um, and then maybe a band from the States, they obviously have supporters and friends and fans. Well, if some of them can get interested in a band from Sweden or a band from Montreal or Toronto, that's good. So it's sort of thinking, well, good, if all the bands, uh, the fans of those bands and friends and fans can tap in and sort of be introduced to other bands that they maybe wouldn't have been introduced to otherwise, then that's sort of how we'll start and see if, see if we have some success that way. So do you have some releases or, or some other artists that you're currently working with that are going to be coming out? Any time in the future? We don't at this moment, no. Um, we've talked to a few artists, just vi- nothing nothing really serious at all. But no, at this moment, we don't have anything planned. We do plan to have a second um, compilation coming out very soon, likely the end of January, early February. So we'll probably be very, very shortly getting that rolled out uh, yeah, another compilation, just very similar to the first one, a cross-section of bands from really all over the world. That's awesome. I love that idea. Um, I I guess maybe I, I'm I'm like you. I mean, I I discovered a lot of my favorite bands from compilations, yeah. you know, um, uh, you know, starting or, you know, growing up when I was like eight or 10, you know, starting to get uh, interested in, in rock music and, and punk music. And, you know, I remember that's how I discovered I think MXPX and um, a band called Catch Twenty Two. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of what others I discovered from comps, but yeah, just yeah, just to name a few. Um, so Warren, getting back to you and and Hang Time. The, uh, so both, uh, like I men- have mentioned, both of your latest EPs, Invasion and Destroy, are on this one LP and. Uh, they obviously the names kind of fall in line in an order and so i feel like this had to have been done on purpose um (laughs) and and i I could be wrong but like it's very co cohesive i really love the artwork um very like cartoony and kind of like you know fun but also like doomsy you know like the the world's ending kind of thing um uh that's Rick, the other guitar player and singer in the band. He's Rick the, did that. Yeah. He's done all the art. He did our, our LP, Invictus Melodious, which was before uh, Invasion, and has a similar cover. It's just basically the band on the cover with the sort of post-apocalyptic 
and that's we're the only thing that's left. And uh, it's kind of a story that he's slowly telling. So I guess only he knows what's next. <laughs> so, so it's basically, I mean, invasion is like we're in, invading the town and now it's destroy. We played a show, destroyed the town. We're leaving. So we'll see. We'll see what the, the next. So what's next? Resurrection? Well, we'll see. Yeah, you know what? I think it's something <laughs> similar that he has mentioned to me. So, or let's see what. Yeah, I don't know what would come after. Dest- I mean, you've destroyed everything at this I think the point. Rise was in rise. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> so, so is that just telling a story with the artwork, or is there actually some kind of loose concept in the music as well? No, definitely not. It's it's. I didn't think so, but it has I, nothing to do with it really at all. So that's that's the. The odd part about it, I guess you could say. Yeah. But, I don't think it's uh, odd. I mean, it uh, definitely helps um, visually when, a, like, when someone's just checking you out for the first time, and maybe they're scrolling through your Spotify or your Bandcamp or whatever it is, and they'll see, you know, obviously destroys at the top if you're looking at Spotify, for example. But yeah. then invasion comes next, and they're like, "Oh, I see what's going on here." Like, this <laughs> is kind of cool, you know. And then, you know, each EP starts out with, you know, the the sound effects, you know, of like the yeah. invasion and explosions and, <laughs> you know, it's fun. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is. It's, it's fun. That's what it is. And, uh, um, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what the next, uh, release is. Okay, well, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to be curious, um, you know, if it's going to go along the, the lines <laughs> of rise or resurrection or whatever. Um, so Warren, I, I, was was doing some digging on your Facebook and I saw that you're a, a firefighter, right? Yeah. Okay. And and your dad was one as well? He was. He was a military firefighter in the Canadian military. Okay. I guess I you you at least for myself, I always think of military police uh for us here in the US, but I never think of like the other side of it, you know, firefighter um firefighters that are mil- military firefighters you know i never really think yeah. about that and you never they're, um it's what's called crap they were crash rescue so there would be like a firefighter at a military airports okay so you would have you know fire departments at any commercial airport well this would be on military basis so they that would be him okay and so in any location so of course in military you get transferred all over i got transferred all over with him growing up so i spent a lot of time in in germany as well when we lived there for several years. So, um, yeah, oddly enough, that's where I got into music is when, we, when I was young, living in Germany. So the European music scene is way better when I was a kid than it was here. So <laughs> now for me, I'm, I'm older than you guys. So that was 78 to 82. I lived there and I was like 10 to 14. Okay. And so the real formidable years for getting into music. Right. And right. Yeah. And I was, I mean, back then it was, I was, I was a metal kid growing up for sure, all through high school mostly. And, um, all because of living in Europe because of music, the metal scene was so huge there. And, uh, and it wasn't until kind of like the late eighties, I guess, uh, getting into sort of hardcore and, and then getting into the early sort of pop punk stuff, I guess you could say, you know, like descendants and all and big drill car and Doughboys and Hills and all those types of bands and Canadian bands as well. Right. So, um, so man, yeah, I mean, of course I'm still fans of both genres, but, uh, 
it's just a I guess we're better at making punk music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, if you ask me, you're pretty damn good at it. So, <laughs> I mean, the the term melodic punk fits you guys to a T. So. More so than pop punk in a sense. I don't know why. It's just, uh, that's kind of always been our goal, is to kind of have somewhat heavier music, and but catchy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of melody and a lot of harmonies vocally. And uh, so it kind of works more so for us. But yeah. yeah. And, uh, but in a way, one could argue that melodic punk is just another phrase for pop punk because, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pop, pop is supposed to be melodic, right? Most right. of the time, at least. Um, but, um, I, I think it, it definitely suits you guys better. It's, it's so strange, um, when you move around, uh, from generation to generation talking about pop punk where, um, like even myself, um, I might cons- like I'll say Hang Time as a pop punk band, but then someone younger than me, or even close to my age, will listen to Hang Time and be like, "Oh no, this is a punk band," you know. Yeah. It'll, it's, it's just it's a uh, it's interesting. Everyone's got their own version of what something is, right? And there and there's constantly arguments about that on any you know Facebook comment threads you know <laughs> it gets yeah. a little after a while <laughs> right no it, it certainly does it really does um because i mean you go back to i mean even like the 90s let's say like or the or the um late 80s even before like the whole uh you know green day explosion into the mainstream um uh, people considered um you know, some some people even considered Bad Religion as a pop punk band. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. very catchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yet uh, yet heavy, consistent. You know, almost Ramonesy type rhythm guitars, right? So yeah, and even the Ramones were could be considered pop punk, right? Yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, um. So growing. Uh, what what do you remember about growing up in, in Germany and some of the other places that you uh, moved around in? Uh, well, G- Germany is obviously the most memorable. We spent, uh, like I said, four years there um, when I was younger. But it was just musically, it was amazing. Um, I got to, it, like I got early on into the what they call the the new wave of British heavy metal, which was like you know, like. Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and Motorhead, and all those bands were just kind of starting, more or less. And uh, but it wasn't like today, where you had you didn't have access to everything. It wasn't all access, you know, bands. Um, as far as learning anything you wanted about them, you were digging through old magazines or trying to find some snippet. I didn't have TV in Germany. We didn't have a t- TV, so I had four years of no TV. So it was weird. And uh, um, but no, I loved it. I it, the, the the culture there's incredible um we were always traveling constantly every weekend we were gone somewhere because you're so close we lived in southern germany so you you were an hour from france or you were two hours from austria or whatever you just travel around germany it was um it was great and i had school trips my school trips were well, ski week in France or ski week in Switzerland. and then i went to uh we went to paris for a school trip or conference it was just 
ridiculous right it is like yeah. especially it's so polar opposite of what you would experience right. here in, in north america it doesn't matter if you're in canada or the u.s like not to mention playing hockey there i play hockey so uh to be on a canadian team the only canadian team playing hockey in europe i mean you were given the red carpet for every tournament because it's like oh man there's a canadian team so you know <laughs> Not that we dominated by any means, but it was always always seemed to be Sweden that dominated any tournament. That like a professional? No, no, no. I was young. So minor you, hockey. Right? Oh, minor so, hockey. Right. You were. Yeah. Uh, I'm not and, even thinking uh, straight. So yeah. So there would be tournaments all the time. I'd be traveling around. I'd go to, you know, like I say, Germany, France, Switzerland. We we'd stay for long weekends and play these tournaments. Or, um, but yeah, and all teams from all all countries in Europe would come for these tournaments, and it was. It was crazy. I always said my dad always kept all the the uh, programs from all the tournaments I played. I thought, oh man, I could go back one day and just kind of read some of these names that who knows who I may have played against, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I wonder if you would like, like <laughs> recog- I mean, I wonder if you would recognize some of the names or maybe you know. looking at it, you never know. So yeah. So how did you end up following your dad's footsteps and becoming a firefighter? Not necessarily in the military, though, right? I would. I assume yeah. you're. No, I wasn't interested in joining the military, just having lived or growing up military and moving every four years. I wasn't interested in doing that as an adult. So um, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get on the fire department until I was like 35 years old. So uh, I've been on now for 17, 18 years. So uh, before that, you know, just regular jobs. I had, I was with Rick. We had another band in in the nineties. Um, uh, we were called Shortfall, and we had put out a couple albums. So we we were doing that. We had committed and moved to the city, and and uh, we we're you know doing that band for several years. And then after that, it's yeah, married, kids, time goes <laughs> on, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. time to step up and you know find a more secure career if if you can. So yeah, me and my dad pressured me, not pressured me, but influenced me to uh, perhaps uh, choose a different career path and. <laughs> I finally caved and went to school for it. So you're like, okay, all right. Yeah, no, it was never a passion, I guess you could say, but uh-huh. in hindsight, I probably should have done it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you did it when you did it, man. You did yeah, it when yeah. you were, yeah. yeah, you were ready for it finally, you know? So I'm sure, you know, your, your twenties and your, your early thirties were focused on, you know, music mainly. Right. So yeah, now the, you know, the family's getting, the kids are getting older and you know, that things are settling down. That happens with a lot of bands. They seem to go away for 10 years. They do the, you know, the family and kids thing and then they all get back together. It's happening constantly now. I'm yes. Yes. So that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, John, getting back to you and, and the promoter side of things, what was your first show like? Do you remember? Yeah, my my very first show uh, was on a weeknight, I think a Tuesday or Wednesday maybe, and um, a band called The Hunters from Montreal. And um, yeah, I didn't know anything about it, and I just contacted them through their agent, and it was a minimal guarantee. And uh, I got a, I had a couple of actually three local bands also. And one of the local bands I still am close with today, actually. And that was, I guess, eight or nine years ago now. So one of the local bands I'm still close with today, actually. Um, 
But yeah, I just remember thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be all these people and it's going to be money for the bands and I'm going to make money. And but then when it happened, there was nobody. There was, you know, maybe 10 people. Mm. It was a Tuesday night. (laughs) It was a Tuesday night. There might have been 10 people and, you know, it was fun, but there really wasn't much happening. And I probably had to go into my own pocket a little bit just to pay the um just to pay the the headliner who again, I like them, but I don't think anyone else knew them. (laughs) And that's kind of my, but, but truthfully, that's kind of been my MO for most of my time promoting. I, I, I've come across bands online or that contact me and I really, really like them and I'll bring them to town. Sure. I'll give them a place to play, but is this because I know other people like them and there's going to be a a huge crowd of people? No, it's just because, I truly believe they're good. I think they deserve a place to play. And if they've asked some other people and nobody wants to, you know, get involved, then I generally will if I really like them. And and that's it. That's why it's not about the money for me. It's as long as I'm not going into my pocket and losing money, I'm perfectly I'm perfectly happy. And it's how I've made a lot of good relationships and had a lot of really fun times over the years with music, uh, meeting people, you know, in my own town, meeting bands from other countries. And then getting to see them again in different cities at different uh, festivals or, yeah, it's just, it's just been fun that way. The, the networking aspect of it and keeping in touch with people over the years. Um, yeah. It's been fun seeing what they're doing, watching them grow as a, as a band, remembering when I booked them X number of years ago and then seeing them a few years later and that they're making progress and getting some traction. So that's nice to see too. So, what what's a band in particular that you booked early on that's like possibly become a well-known name or if if there's not that what were some of the the bands uh that you've booked that have come through the area that you really liked working with yeah i i don't i think i was i was after the time when a lot of bands like my, my town Oshawa and Ontario, they used to have a very vibrant scene in the 90s, but well, back when a lot of places in Canada, and I imagine the States did as well, like particularly in my, well, in this area, you had bands like Sum 41 that were starting and uh, protest the hero and all this and playing at these underground venues. And then of course, they've just taken off over the, over the years, obviously. Um, my, I guess, if you want to say biggest show, it was uh, Big Wig, actually, is the biggest band that I booked. And that was when they were off for quite a while because of Tom's hand injury. Um, they were out of the, they were very popular in the 90s, but then they were really disappeared for quite a number of years. And they had played um, a few shows one summer, which was around the Montebello Rock Fest in Quebec, which was a huge festival is still around. Yeah. Then it was, I think a year later, they were doing the same thing. They were going back to that festival. And I saw that and sort of got after Tom and introduced myself and just said, I really like to have you guys play here. Cause I saw they played a lot of smaller Ontario cities leading up to that show. And geez, that was about, I think 
four or five months of just following up constantly. It was the most work I think and most chasing I've ever done for a show, but uh, eventually it did happen and it was a Tuesday night, but it was back to Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. Another Tuesday night or Wednesday. I don't remember, but, but you know, it was probably, it's not that it was a sold out show mm-hmm. and I, I forget money wise. It may have broke even or lost a tiny bit, whatever, but just the energy in that room for a Wednesday night. And it was under a hundred people people but just the energy it's a small venue so just the energy is something that i haven't seen in that venue before or since that show that was um that was a really good one just a lot of fun that's cool though yeah so yeah it's kind of it's memories like that really um Mm -hmm. and it's just a, a lot of even bands from other countries you know from europe um and then if i go to a festival like pooza fest in montreal and see some bands maybe they'll be playing and i'll bump into them and and that's fun too you can kind of say oh the guy from oshawa and you know we can (laughs) chat and you know a lot of us keep in touch and talk sometimes and so yeah it's fun just to support each other as we can if anything changes or if they ever want to come back this way or maybe they want to go somewhere else and ask if i know somebody or maybe i ask them you know if hang time or another band wants to go to their country or and you know uh, recommendations on who to play with and where to play and so it's it's helpful it's helpful in this sort of in this sort of environment you know with diy type uh, type booking yeah, definitely. I could not agree more with that. Um, so uh, we're, we're about at time, guys. Um, anything else uh, you want to say about dental records or about hang time um, before we close out? Um, you know what? Honestly, it's just we were hoping to do some touring uh, this year. We were hoping to do touring last year. Um, we had potential to do uh, Germany or even Japan last year at a festival and maybe do a small tour surrounding it. But of course that didn't happen and probably won't happen this year. But um, uh, as far as touring goes, we're not sure. Um, I think it was last month you had the much the same guys on. Um, I I had them on a while ago. Um, it was in the summertime. It was a, I had them, uh, I highlighted them on the recap episode because they were, the, they were one of the most listened to episodes of last year. Um, yeah. they had spoke about touring saying that there's really no point touring anymore. Um, it, like from a business standpoint, if you want to look at it from a band, then it's, it just doesn't work. The numbers don't add up to, no. to, to tour. your guys are taking time off work there. You've got traveling expenses and, and, you know, on and on and on for shows that of course don't generate money necessarily. It's um, certainly not at uh, independent levels. So um, I don't know. It may just be local stuff. We may be hoping to get to Europe one day, uh, but we'll see. You know what I mean? That's always the goal and it has been for forever. And uh, we're just going to keep trying and, and the label is hopefully going to support us as well. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for you guys, you know, dental records sounds like, you know, it's, it's developing. You guys are taking time, just kind of feeling things out, which is always good. You know, you never want to rush into anything, uh, as you know, (laughs) you know, so that's, uh, that's great. And I'll, I fully support you guys. So thanks. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Hang time and dental records. I, I got your back. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. And and thank you for having our back as well. That's yes. been super beneficial. So um, we'll do this again soon. Yeah, that would be great, man. Yeah. Awesome. 
All right. Uh, you guys have a great rest of the day or a great weekend, I guess I should say. <laughs> you too. Okay. Thanks, Shaka. Yeah. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Take care. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Too many days. Thank you so much to Warren Gregson of Hangtime and John Martin of Dental Records for being guests on the podcast today. They've both been huge supporters of Pop Punk and Pizza through our sponsorship program, and it's it's been a huge help for me at uh, getting the bills paid here. So please pick up Hangtime's latest vinyl LP today if you can. It's a fantastic record filled with fun, melodic punk rock. Uh, if you're in Canada, you can get your copy at dentalrecordscanada.bigcartel.com. And then if you're in the U.S., go to say-the-number-10.com. I uh, ordered my copy not too long ago, and I can't wait for it to arrive. And uh, you can find Hangtime on Facebook and Instagram at Hangtime Band. And then Dental Records is on Facebook at Dental Records Punk. And their Instagram is Dental Records Canada. Uh, this episode of Pop Punk and Pizza was sponsored by the Dave Gomez Charity Compilation featuring Tim Rogner of Alistair, Guardrail, Till Morning, and several others. All proceeds from this comp will go to Chicago pop punk music scene veteran Dave Gomez, who is currently battling cancer. So you can pre order your comp today at Dave Gomez Benefit Comp at bandcamp.com i think previously i said it was dave gomez charity comp but it's actually dave gomez benefit comp at bandcamp.com so pre-order that bad boy today there's also a t-shirt you can pre-order as well and what's cool about the design of this comp and the t-shirt is that it's in the style of atticus like the the clothing company uh, Dave uh, Gomez is he's a big fan of Atticus so they uh, they mocked the the Gomez logo to make it look like Atticus um, so it's got the bird on it and the red lettering and all that it's really cool so uh, if you get a chance head on over there and uh, if you can't pre-order if, if you're not interested in pre-ordering the comp I mean you could get a sweet t-shirt out of it or both why not go for gold <laughs> I'm Jacques Lamore. Thank you so much for listening to Pop Punk and Pizza. If you haven't already, you can catch up on previous episodes at poppunkpizzapod.com or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And uh, hit, <clears throat> excuse me, hit that subscribe button as well and drop a review for me if you can. It really costs nothing but just a, a quick minute of your time. And make sure you sign up for our mail list, our mailing list this month. You only have a, a week left of January. Um, everyone who signs up for the month of January is entered for a chance to win a cozy, warm hoodie with our logo on it. Um, so uh, you can uh, do that. Hit up our merch store, submit your music, and so many other things, all at poppunkpizzapod.com. Our socials are the same. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a follow at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. And if you're a band, a publicist, or a manager and have interest in having music played uh, on the show or being a guest, you can always shoot me an email too at bangerangradio at gmail.com if you don't want to submit 
through the website. Uh, so the next episode is going to be dropping this Thursday, January 28th with Big Smile from Cincinnati, Ohio. We're going to be talking about their new single, Bible Belt, which is really going to be a game changer, I think. Uh, it's a very powerful song, and it's uh, got a powerful message. Um, so I, I really think you're, you're going to enjoy this song and enjoy this conversation. Uh, but anyway, so that episode is going to be dropping this Thursday, uh, January 28th, and the single, Bible Belt, drops the next day, actually, uh, this Friday. January 29th via Anchor 84 Records. So I will talk to you then. Um, until then, be safe and take good care of yourself, all right? I love you. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.